This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. I'm so thankful to see so many of you here today. I'm trusting that you'll be blessed as we, as we celebrate together. And uh, today we're continuing our series in the book of Hosea. I don't know if you've ever um, read through the book of Hosea. You know, the minor prophets, sometimes I read them and I'm going, sure, it's heavy stuff, eh? It's like there's a lot of stuff happening there, and there's judgment, and, and God's going to take them into exile, and there's all sorts of really uh, sometimes difficult and hard things to hear. But I believe that as I share with us today, we'll be able to see the gospel woven into every part of the Old Testament as well as fulfillment in the New. So uh, we've been in this series, we were looking at uh, the fact that you and I can sometimes be restless and even reckless but God's love remains relentless. That was our first installment that Malcolm did for us. And then um, last week, Badger spoke about the fact that you and I can sometimes be faithless, but God remains faithful. And it's so easy for us to take for granted what we can can be a part of. And I'm trusting that as I share this morning, that you and I would come to a fresh understanding, a liberty, a, a freedom, but also a a deeper knowledge and experience of the cross of Jesus, knowing that Jesus paid it all for us. God's love is relentless because Jesus paid the full price for us. And so as we've been going through this um, series on the book of Hosea, if, if we are to look at Hosea and his life, um, and we would have to create a bit of a, a news headline about his life. It, it might read the following as following. Vicar who married a prostitute is the headline. Pastor, priest, prophet, marries a prostitute. Oh my word, juicy headline. Let's see what, what comes next. Clergyman's wife cheats on him. Her children are fathered by three different men. Sold as a sex slave, her long-suffering husband buys her back. That's a tabloid story. I mean, People Magazine and whoever else, you know, I think, you know, you couldn't get any better than that. Nowadays, we don't get magazines anymore. We do, maybe. I don't know. But what's interesting for me is that our world is so looking for that juicy tidbit, you know. And especially in the church, when we look at, at some of, of our failings and things, we can often really look for opportunities to say, there's an opportunity to roast the pastor, you know. Hopefully after you, <laughs> you leave today, you're not going to be going, oh, it's the rest of the process. The, the worship was a whatever out of 10 and the preach was, yeah, you know. But actually that we would, we would um, hear and see God's redemptive purpose and plan. Now, if, if this story of Hosea had to out, play out on a, a talk show, you know, some of us, you know, you, you know those really hectic talk shows like Jerry Springer or, you know, I don't know, I don't know if, if what other talk shows are around anymore, you know, um, but those ones where, you know, Dr. Phil, the family comes there and they, they spill the beans. You know, all of their ugly secrets are laid bare for the whole world to see. And, and this is really what I think may have happened or could have happened with Hosea. You know, everyone was looking at his life and his life was put on display. And the people of Israel were actually talking about him in the same way. And I can just imagine the talk show host, um, you know, having the couple seated you know, on the, the couches, and, he, and he's busy asking the questions, and, and Goma, Hosea's wife, has her head hung in shame, because obviously her dealings and her deeds have now been made bare, you know, they, they did a very nice little opening reel to show her all the terrible things that she's done, 
and she's ashamed, and, and the talk show host turns to Hosea and says, you know, why did you do it? Why did you choose to take this adulterous, wayward woman who at every turn and every opportunity chose to run away from you? Why would you choose to buy her back? Why would you do that? And this may have been what Hosea's answer was. I knew she would be unfaithful, but God told me to marry her anyway, to love her enough to let her go, buy her back, forgive her, and show her how much I love her. Friends, today we are celebrating a bridegroom who is willing to pay the full price for each and every one of us. That we would, even in our wayward state, even in our running away from God, God's love is relentless in His pursuit and His desire to draw us back to Him. The book of Isaiah is, uh, you know, some of his, his contemporaries, if you, if you had to find it in the, New, in the Old Testament, you kind of see where does it fit in. Because often I think we read the Bible and we don't really understand how it all fits together. But he was actually a contemporary of Isaiah and Amos. So if you read those books, you'll see very many similarities in the message because God was wanting to speak to the people of Israel, warning them, saying, listen, you're going to be taken into exile if you don't change your ways. And at many times we'd say, you are going to be taken into Israel, but I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to bring you back. And I'm trusting that on Sunday I'll be able to share with us a little bit more about what does it mean to live a resurrected life. And, and so we know this because in the beginning of the book, we see that it speaks about the, the fact that uh, um, Hosea was writing at the time of, uh, you know, King Hosea, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Those were the kings of, of Judah. And we also see that it, it was, he was writing during the, the reign of King Jeroboam, the king of Israel. Now, what's interesting to see about Hosea specifically is that instead of speaking his message with words, he used a visual picture. He actually became the embodiment of God's purpose and plan. Can you imagine that? You know, many times we, we pray and we ask God for a word for somebody, and, and it's, it's amazing for me to see how sometimes it's easy to just say the words, you know. But when God says, go and do this for my bride, on our way to Mozambique, our outreach that we had just the beginning of, or towards the end of last month, um, we were driving, and Ainsley's aunt is here from Australia. She lives in Perth. And while we were driving on our way to Mozambique, we were going to sleep over in Kapsa Whip, which is just the other side of Nelspreit. And, uh, and on our way there, she says to me, listen, Gareth, are we, are we going anywhere near Middleburg? And, and I was like, well, yes, we are. You know, we are going through Middleburg. We're actually going to go through it because we go Middleburg, Whitbank, and then you end up, you know, in Mpumalanga area. And she says, well, it's amazing because I met this man who has been doing street evangelism with me. He's a South African. And he actually, when I told him that I was coming to South Africa, asked me, said to me, listen, I've been stuck in Perth for the last four years, unable to return home to my family due to some visa issues, etc. And, and can I ask you a big favor? Could you please go and give my bride, my wife, a hug. And so she asked, well, where, where is she? No, she's in Middleburg. She's like, well, I don't know. Middleburg and Glockstorp is very far away. I'm going to visit my family, so I don't know, but I'll see, you know. And here we are on our way, and she says to me, 
you know, where's Middleburg? I'm like, well, it's coming up next. This is our next stop, you know? And so she contacts uh, this man's um, wife. She happens to be home that afternoon, sends us a location pin, and, and in the back of my mind, you know, my navigator driver guy, you know, busy on a mission, got to get someplace. I'm thinking, yo, I don't know how long is this detour going to take? Where are we going to go? How long is it going to be? And so we put in the, the pin, and you know what? This lady lives like less than probably about two kilometers from the highway. We literally took the off-ramp, drove about a kilometer in, turned right into the suburban area, found her house, and we were able to give a wife that's been longing for her husband, her husband on the other side of the world. Friends, when God speaks to you and I, sometimes he says we need to speak these things with words. Often what's required is some physical enactment, a willingness to embrace God, saying, Lord, I want to embrace it. And this is really what's happened with Hosea. He has been God's prophet, God's man that's been set apart, and God is asking of him to do some things that's very outside of his comfort zone. Not only is he supposed to deliver a message, he actually has to live a message. Because Gomer is a picture of Israel who has now turned their back on God. Worshipping all sorts of other gods. And God wants to win her back, take her back. And so we see this, just the, this prophecy um, unfolding. And, and it's beautiful to see that the name Hosea is actually derived from the word or the name Joshua or Yeshua, which is salvation. God's salvation purpose is unfolded in this book. And I would love for you to, as you read it, to see God's lines through that as well. And so let's read from uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 3, verse 1 to 5. He says, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins, I don't know what's with the cakes of raisins, but it seems to be something that's alluring, you know, some sweet things, some things that, that make us feel, you know, build up my iron a bit, you know. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a, a lite of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not pay the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince. She is in public view. She's in the marketplace. Think about going to pick and pay or checkers. You know, there, someone's not selling cell phone goods. They're actually selling slaves. And the crowd is gathered together. She's most likely not fully clothed, in humiliation, standing, and all of these lustful looks Men and, and, and people are shouting, saying, oh, I'll, I'll pay this for her. I'll pay this for her. Let me pay this for her. And above the sharing and jeering crowd comes a voice of her husband saying, she is mine. My beloved is mine. I will pay the full price for her. I will take hold of her and I will redeem her. Friends, this is not just a picture of Gomer and Hosea, it's actually a picture of the cross. Jesus Christ put on display, naked, ashamed, ridiculed, 
in public view of everyone. But instead of someone redeeming him, he pays the price for the bride that he would win. You see, friends, when God redeems us, he saves us for a a relationship. He brings us out of slavery into a new life. That's what Passover is all about. If you look at the Old Testament, it's a a picture of the old, if that is fulfilled, it is a, a type and copy that you and I would be able to see. God wants you and I to understand that he has won us back from death and he wants to bring us to life. He has also released us from slavery. Not just slavery in the physical sense, but actually slavery to our own sinful desires. And Christ wants to redeem us today. And what's wonderful for me is that God does a complete work. He pays the full price. And He empowers us today, and I hope that you will see this, that He empowers you and I to be able to experience this washing and cleansing and regeneration by the Holy Spirit. This is what happens to us. Titus chapter 3 verse 4 to 6. I love the way uh, Paul writes and he says the following. But when the goodness, I want you to experience the goodness of God today. And loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. By washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out so richly through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friends, I want you to see this. I want you to experience the goodness of God being poured out for you as Jesus is hung on the cross. That you and I have access to that. And if you are far from God today, I'm trusting that you'd hear God's love letter to you. God is not only sending someone halfway around the world to come and give you a hug and say, listen, God loves you. God sent his very son from eternity. But friends, he didn't just come to set us free. He actually came to win for himself a bride. And so often we live as, as if it's like, well, cool, I'm on my way to heaven. Don't you want to go? Like, that's, that's, that's what we, we think. That's what it's for. I put my faith in Jesus so that I can go to heaven. No, 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 friends. We have been bought so that we would be a bride. We would be a redeemed bride. Romans chapter uh, 7 verse 4, it says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. This is speaking about marriage, friends. We belong not to ourselves, but to Him. To Him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit of God. Friends, you and I, as we see with the people of Israel, they may have been separated from God and God will bring them back, but He says they're no longer going to be looking for fruit that would come through their effort. They would no longer live as people that are separated from God, but they would now be filled with Him. And I love the way that Paul writes, uh, again in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse tw- um, 2, it says, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure, pure virgin uh, to Christ. Now friends, as a, as a pastor and as a leader, I, I have that same prayer for you. That you and I would not just live, like I said, under the, the knowledge of the finished work of what Jesus has done done for us, and and that's it. But actually that we would be presented before Jesus as a pure, spotless bride, living as someone that has been betrothed, someone that has been set apart for him. Now, many of us can live ignorant of this, and the people of Israel were also 
ignorant of this. They lived as if they didn't see the prophets. They didn't see the picture of Hosea being fleshed out. They, they couldn't see. They heard and they saw, but they couldn't perceive. They couldn't understand. And many of us live our lives in that same way. Have you realized that? Have you seen that, that happen in your own life? Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Friends, this is a very scathing, very, very difficult word to hear and to receive. And many times we read this, my, my people go, you know, perish due to a lack of knowledge. And we think that it's because we should fill our minds with more knowledge, more wisdom, more understanding. But actually what God is saying is that you and I can live as redeemed people, but never access it. We can live as people that have been set free, been bought with a price, but we're looking for the next opportunity to go and, and mess around again, rejecting what God has done for us. In the same way, friends, some of us live and we think, well, one day when I'm ready, I'm going to submit my life to Christ. And God is saying, if you and I do not heed, if we don't listen, if we don't hear what he is saying, we are not going to enter into this eternal marriage that he has planned for us. And my encouragement to us is that we would not live as people that are ignorant. You cannot leave here today thinking or saying, well, I didn't know, because today you know the reason why Jesus came and died was so that you and I would know him. Now, for the people of Israel, if this was the final chapter in their whole journey, can you imagine this? God's saying to them, listen, you, you're ignorant, you're not listening, and I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to forget about you. I'm never going to allow or, or open up a way for you to come into. That would be tragic. That be, would be so, so tragic. But God, who is rich in mercy, abounding in love, His steadfast kindness is, is shown to us but yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were rejecting him, while we were running the opposite direction, Christ was willing to pay the price for us. I pray that we as a church and as, as people would live as, 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 as individuals that understand this. And I'm trusting this morning that you and I would experience this in increasing measure. I really do pray that we wouldn't live as people that are single and not afraid to mingle. You understand that? Sometimes we do that. We're like, oh, cool, man. I'm all, I'm all good. I'm just going to enjoy my life. But friends, God has betrothed us. He has sealed us for the coming of His Son. And just like for the people of Israel, He's saying to them, listen, I'm, I'm going to redeem you. I'm coming for a bride. He's saying to you and I today, that he's coming back. And I'm asking the question, how am I living? How are we living as a people who are betrothed to another? Because our marriage to Christ is eternal. Our marriage to him is, is actually a, it is a, the, it, the fulfillment of that is seen in Christ's price paid for us. He is our bridegroom. And I know it's difficult sometimes. I remember singing that song years ago. Kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. You know, your love is greater than wine. I'm like, you are sweeter than wine. I'm like, I don't know, kissing Jesus. I feel a bit like, as a guy, I'm a bit confused. I don't know, it feels, feels strange. 
But friends, there is a love that God wants to so pour out on us. There is a relationship, an intimacy. Those of us in this room that have good, healthy marriages, do you understand a small glimpse of the type of relationship that God has for us? Those of us that maybe don't have, have not had the best experience, there are some examples around us that we can see a love relationship, eternal marriage relationship that God wants to bring us into. But you and I need to see that Jesus laid down his life for us. This picture of marriage is all over the scriptures. Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, you and I. And what does he do? What did he do for us? He gave himself for us. That's why Jesus died. He didn't just die so that we could have a change in the calendar. He died so that you and I may live with him. God is so purposeful in this picture of marriage. I mean, Jesus' first miracle, what, what happened? Where, where does it happen? It happens at a wedding. The, the, the wine is there. God is showing his covenant. It's being revealed. God wants us to be prepared. And he also gives us this great promise. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 19, it says, And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. This is God's promise for you and I today. And Jesus is preparing a place for us. And like I said, on Sunday, I'm trusting that I'll be able to unpack a little bit of what does it look like to live as if we are eagerly awaiting our bridegroom this resurrected life that he has for us. John chapter 14, verse 2 to 3, it says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. The Jewish picture of, of a betrothal would happen is that they, they would have the negotiations some of our African friends, Labola would happen, you know, we, we would negotiate and then the price would need to be paid. And so what would happen is that the Jewish groom would return to his father's house and he would build onto the house a place for his new family. And at the right time, the bridegroom would come and return and, and come and receive his bride because the place that he had prepared was now ready. Jesus is preparing a place for you and I today. And we should live as a bride, eagerly expecting that. Have you, have you ever seen you know, weddings? You've been to weddings. I've done quite a few in my life. And it's amazing. I've never experienced a sloppy wedding. Just kind of put together. Even the small ones where people don't have a lot of money and resources. Even there, there's some flowers. And there's somebody that thought about, okay, who's there? And you know, it's, it's, There's some details that are being taken care of. There's some preparation that happens. But why is it that we as Christians don't live in that same way? Why don't we have that same eager expectation? Saying, Lord, I'm eagerly awaiting your return. I'm eagerly awaiting for you to come. Jesus is preparing a feast for us. We see that in Revelation uh, chapter 19, to, to, uh, six, verse 6 to 8. It says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice, great vo voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory, for the marriage, the marriage of the Lamb has come, 
and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen and bright and pure. For the linen, fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Friends, you and I prepare ourselves as we yield ourselves in increasing measure to what God has got for us. And so I'm asking you and I, are we preparing? Are you preparing yourself for Christ's return? There are so many fulfillments of God's prophecies and, and, and God's uh, promise through that. But His marriage, He's called us to His sacred friends. God has got a standard by which He wants to live. He wants us to experience and embrace all that He has for us. But so often we live as people that are just like, oh, it's just another day. And I'm trusting today that you and I would be so consumed and understanding the, the love of God, but then also experience and express this together, that we would prepare ourselves. In this earlier passage, we see that Isaiah says to Gomer, he says, you're going to stay with me for some time and, because you're going to experience some discipline. You're going to be yielded. You're going to need to be brought back into the reality of being a married woman. You're going to stop your wayward ways. You're going to remain with me. What's amazing for me to see is for the people of Israel, they experience discipline from God. And in many ways, those of us that haven't put our faith in Jesus yet, we experience God's discipline in different ways. These are all roadblocks, markers that God is saying, hello, I'm trying to get your attention. If you're experiencing some, some pressure in your life, oh, wake up, wake up. Then I want to encourage you to respond. But you and I need to realize that it's not in our own strength. It's not in our ability that we are now redeemed. It's the price that Jesus pays for us. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. That's what we celebrate today. Friday is good because Sunday is coming. Friends, today you and I can experience God's forgiveness. God doesn't expect of you and I to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. God didn't say to, to, uh, to Goma, okay, you know, so now live outside there. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And then once you've done that, you can be my wife again. No, she was bought and redeemed immediately. She came back into the presence of her loving husband. In the same way, friends, God doesn't expect you and I to jump through hoops. We simply need to receive the free gift of salvation through the blood of Christ. But then, friends, we need to live as people that have been set apart, as people who love our God and King. I, I've been so just like overwhelmed this last week just by this reality. It's so easy for me, even when we go into a time of communion and you know you can just come up. We're going to be sharing together and even if, if you're at home today, I want to encourage you to, to, to take communion often, to remember the price that Jesus paid for you and I. As we share in it today, I'm trusting that you and I would see that picture You may feel like your sin has left you naked 
exposed, unable to bring any way of covering or restoration. But above it all, above the crowds jeering, above the voices of condemnation, above the, the voices that say, I want to keep you enslaved, above those voices, there's a voice of the father, the husband, our, our groom, bridegroom shouting, you are my beloved, you are mine. I've set you apart. I've called you by name. And today, I'm trusting, I'm praying that you and I would so live as a bride redeemed, as a bride that is loved, a bride that is cleansed. And I want to ask you to receive that. If you're far from God today, I pray that you wouldn't just receive Jesus as the Lord of your sa- Savior of your life and say, well, great, I'm going to heaven. But actually, from this day forward, you'd live as Christ being your husband, preparing you, allowing him to strip you of all of your sin and unrighteousness and putting on Christ in you. If you've been following Jesus for many years, I'm trusting that you and I would come into the fullness of what God has for us. We would not live as people that are ignorant of the the price that Jesus paid for us, but daily we would remember the price he paid for us daily remember that he is coming for us he will return and when he does we will be his glorious spotless bride thanks for joining us for today's message don't forget to check out our website or visit city on a hill international on instagram or facebook for our updates celebration times or ways you can get involved we are also streaming our message on facebook live so make sure you join us or share the post thanks again for checking out our podcast we'll see you soon